0: I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to quit judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And today we're going to be doing Matthew 28, 18 through 20.
1: from uh the Apostles' Creed because of the Nicaragua emphasis today. So, is God calling you? We had a wonderful time with uh, Pastor Al Whittinghill yesterday, some of the guys, and, you know, he talked about being a watchman on the wall and... You know, a watchman is somebody who watches, sees, and a watchman hears. And uh, when you're listening for God's voice, what is he saying to you? Is God calling you? And I want to say that God is calling you. I believe he is. Let me explain. There's a rule in the armed forces. Always obey the last order you get until you get new orders from the headquarters. Well, the last order that Jesus gave is found in Matthew 28, 18 to 20 that Sandy just read, commonly called the Great Commission. You know, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. And I believe this verse is for all Christians of all ages, for all times. It's the last command. And in the Great Commission, I think there are three timeless truths. Three rational reasons to say yes to the call of God. Uh, reason number one, there's a great need. Jesus said, go and make disciples of what? All nations. That's huge. <laughs> All nations. Untold millions have been untold. Multitudes unheard of have never heard. And the Bible says that Jesus, you know, when he saw the crowds. He saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And in John 4, Jesus said, you know, you need to open your eyes. You need to just look at the fields. They are white unto harvest. And Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, the laborers are few. And the apostle Paul, remember, he had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, saying, come on over to Macedonia and help us. I believe our Nicaragua friends in that little village of Amagasca Sur, just about six miles outside of León, have been begging us to come, not just once a year, but twice. I can't seem to fit the two times in. Hopefully we can go this time. Uh, But we, we don't know for sure with all the COVID stuff. But Africa has been begging Christians to come. There's a great need, not only in faraway places, but also in Fargo. There are pockets of people. Uh, right here in Fargo, who desperately need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Old, old people, neglected in our nursing homes, you know, people sick and suffering in our hospital beds, people in bondage to alcohol, gambling, perverse sexual entertainment, hungry for someone to tell them and show them the truth that will eventually set them free. Bruised and broken homes and hearts and relationships. Wounded children. Single parents who are starving for someone to love and to love them. Starving for like a caring community that they can call home. The need is great. And I know some say, you know, you just need to change the environment. And you'll change the person. Give people a better chance. A better environment. That's what people need. And I believe that helps. It really does. Otherwise, we wouldn't ask you to sponsor uh, children and stuff like that. But if environment is the only answer, I mean, what happened to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? I mean, you cannot find a better environment than the Garden of Eden. And it was not in the slums of Chicago that Adam and Eve fell. It was in the Garden of Eden. And so I'm not saying that we shouldn't be interested in feeding the hungry. And I pray that that basket out by the Welcome Center, it gets filled up every week. But I'm not saying that we shouldn't be interested in feeding the hungry, because we should. And if we're Christians, we will. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be interested in housing the homeless, because we should. And if we're Christians, we will. What I'm saying is this, there's no substitute for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins. According to the scripture, he was buried, and the third day he rose again from the dead. According to the scriptures, we're talking about eternal life. People can die with full stomachs, nice homes, and a wonderful education and go straight to hell. It happens all the time. Folks, we need more than soap and soup. We need salvation. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. People need the Lord. There is a great need. Reason number one. But there's also a clear command, that's reason number two, to say yes to the call of God. There are four imperatives, imperative verbs here, the main verb of course is make disciples, the other three are what we call participles, so we could say, you know, as you go, as you baptize, as you teach, make disciples, it's a clear command to make disciples, to make a difference In someone's life for Christ. It might be a neighbor. It might be foster care. It might be to sponsor a child in Nicaragua. It might be someone in your own family. It might be Operation Christmas Child where you make a difference in one child's life. It might be 40 days for life, standing out in front of the abortion clinic. It might be October outreach, you know, where sharing is caring. Do not neglect to do good, to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. You're probably familiar with the the story of a young man. He was walking by the seashore. He came across millions of starfish that had been washed up on the beach. And in the midst of these millions of starfish, there was this old man picking up one starfish and then throwing it back into the sea. And then... He'd do it again, pick up another starfish and throw it into the sea, pick up a starfish and throw it into the sea for they would certainly die scattered all over the beach, thus saving their lives. And then finally, this young man seeing the, you know, the futility of the situation, he walked over to the old man and said, sir, there are millions of starfish on this beach. What difference does this make? You you know, you throwing a few back into the sea and the old man picked up another starfish, showed it to the young man. Threw it into the sea and said, well, it makes a difference to that one. Make disciples. It's a clear command. What's a disciple? A disciple is a disciple, a disciplined one. A disciple is a, is a learner, a follower. Are you a disciple? I mean, do you have a growing desire to get into the Word of God, to get into this book, to learn? Do you have a growing desire to serve God in any way that God has gifted you to follow God? I mean, how's your quiet time? How's your devotional life? Are you consistent and regular in worship? You say, well, I'm here today. Praise God, you know. Are you consistent in Sunday school? A, a, a disciple is a disciplined one. A learner, a follower, a disciple is someone who can make another disciple. Have you ever made a disciple? Jesus said, go and make disciples. It's a clear command. The Apostle Paul put it this way when he wrote to young Timothy. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Do you see this? Paul taught Timothy. Timothy shared with reliable men. And reliable men were entrusted and qualified to teach others. I mean, that's four generations, and that's the way the world is going to be reached, one person at a time. Uh, there's a story of a, a 19th century Sunday school teacher who led a Boston shoe clerk to, to Jesus. And the teacher's name you've probably never heard of. It's Kimball. The name of the shoe clerk he converted you maybe have heard of. Uh, Dwight Moody, you know, Moody Bible Institute is in Chicago. Moody became an evangelist and had a major influence on a young preacher named Frederick B. Meyer. And Meyer began to preach on college campuses, and while doing so, he converted J. Wilbur Chapman. And Chapman became involved in the YMCA and arranged for a former baseball player named Billy Sunday to come to Charlotte, North Carolina for a revival meeting. And a group of Charlotte community leaders were so enthusiastic afterwards that they planned another campaign and they brought a guy by the name of Mordecai Ham to town to preach. And in that revival, there was a young man named Billy Graham. And he yielded his life to Christ. Mr. Kimball. He won a shoe clerk to Christ. Who would have thunk it would have led to the conversion of Billy Graham? But that's the way God works. Go make disciples. Who can make disciples? Who can make disciples? Who can make disciples? Who can make disciples? Think about this. What impact would there be if one person here would win one person, just one person to Christ next year? And then those two would win two more the next year. And those four would win four more and so on for 30 years. Let me put it this way. Which would you rather have? A penny doubled a day for 30 days or a million dollars? Well, a penny doubled a day for 30 days is $5,368,708.80. I'm told if you fold a page in the Bible 50 times, keep folding it. It would go to the moon and back 17 times. That's the power of multiplication. What would happen if you said, God, I just want to make one disciple next year. You know, help me, God. You know, who knows what God could do? I remember going to the, every year, you know, one of the classes, when I grew up in a suburb of Chicago, we'd go to the Museum of Science and Industry and and uh, there was this huge checkerboard display there. And there was one grain of wheat that was put on the first square and two on square number two and four on square number three. And there was a sign that said, you know, if we, continue, if we continue to double the wheat until all 64 squares were filled, how much would you have? And the answer, enough to cover the entire nation of India 50 feet high in wheat. What would happen if each one would reach one and teach one this next year? I'll tell you what would happen. This church would explode. We'd have to build another church. Or at minimum add on or start 50 house churches or something like that. There's a clear command. Make disciples. Have you ever made a disciple? The phone is ringing. Do you hear it ringing? God is calling. I have to admit that sometimes it seems like this world is getting darker and darker and darker and evil, seems to be winning the day, even though we've got a church on every corner, more Christian books than we can possibly read, but the need is great, all nations. The clear command from God is to make disciples, to make a difference in the individuals whom God has placed around us. It might be a son or a daughter. I remember John, he got into trouble in college one time and I just felt... You know, here I am trying to disciple everybody. I'm not even discipling my own son. And so we met every Friday for a year. And that was the best time that I had with John. Just studying the scripture. It might be a neighbor. It might be someone you work with. I don't know. But I knew, I I know this. The need is great. The command is clear and God is calling you to make a difference in someone's life. The phone is ringing. Do you hear the call of God? A great missionary once said, you know, you don't need a call from God. You need a kick in the pants. It's written right down there in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I mean, there's a great need, all nations. There's a clear command, make disciples. And last but not least, there is a real hell. I know this a little old fashioned. In this new age world that we live in, it's kind of a post-Christian world that we live in. But I tell you what, it's true because Jesus said, Jesus said, do not fear him who can kill the body. Fear him who can cast both soul and body in hell. The words of Christ. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus said, there was a certain rich man that fared lavishly every day. He had everything. Everything. And the rich man died, and he went to hell. And the Bible says in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and he saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus close to his side, and the rich man begged for a drop of water to cool his tongue, and how tragic that is. And he said, please send Lazarus that he might dip his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, son, you had good things in your life, and Lazarus evil things, Now he's comforted and you're tormenting. Besides all this, we can't come from our side to yours or to your side to ours because there's this great gulf. There's this great chasm. And the rich man said, Well, I I pray thee, Father Abraham, that you will send send him to my father's house because I've got five brothers that he might warn them. I've got, you know, five brethren. I've got five of my king folk back in my hometown. Send someone back from the dead and warn them lest they come to this place of torment. I mean, can you think of all the people who have died and gone to hell? And those people are in hell right now screaming and crying out. Send somebody to my hometown. And preach to my brothers and preach to my sisters and preach to my mom or preach to my dad, preach to my son, preach to my daughter. There's people in hell right now screaming and crying out that someone will reach you if you're not saved. There is a great need. There is a clear command. There is a real hell. The phone is ringing. Will you answer the call? Heard a story... Uh, kind of like a screw tape letter story about Satan was having a conversation with three of his demons and they were scheming about how to deceive people of the world. And one demon said, I know what let's do. Let's just tell them there's, there's no heaven, you know, no possibility of reward. And another demon said, you know, I know what let's do. Let's, let's just tell them there's no hell. There's no possibility of punishment. And a third demon piped up and said, no, 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 that's too obvious. I know what let's do. Let's just tell them There's no hurry. There's no hurry to be saved. There's no hurry to serve God. There's no heaven. There's no hell. And there's no hurry. And the truth is, the phone is ringing. And God is calling. There is a great need. There's a clear command. There's a real hell. And many of us have been fooled into thinking that there's no hurry. It's kind of like when our kids were still at home, you know, the phone would sometimes ring and at the matas and uh, it's like it just keeps ringing, you know, and nobody answers the phone, you know, why? Because we all think that the other person, somebody else will answer the call. Is that the way we treat the call of God? You know, somebody else will get it, you know, somebody else will do it. May I say to you today that this call is for you and it's for me. You know, either across the ocean or right here in town, God is calling. There's a great need. There's a clear command. There's a real hell. And I want to have like a an altar call today. You know, a chance for you to come forward and rededicate your life to, to Jesus and to the mission of this church. And you know, an altar place, it's, you know, this is your friend. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it can be a place, it can be a place of new beginnings. Where you feel the Spirit just calling you and you, you feel like, well this is one way I can begin to respond. It can be a place of comfort, it can be a place of conviction, a place of Commitment. So maybe today you'd like to reaffirm your faith and your commitment to Jesus as your forgiver and your leader. I'm just inviting you to come to this altar. I think God is calling. Maybe you would like to, you know, reaffirm your commitment to the mission and the ministry of this local church, Calvary United Methodist Church. We want to know God. We want to know Jesus. We want to make him known. You know, we commit our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service our witness. I say you come and by coming you'll be saying, you know, God, I hear your call. God, I really do. I mean, in my heart, I I want to join hands with my brothers and sisters. I might not know specifically how to do it, but I want to join hands with my brothers and sisters in Christ and to reach out to the lost and to the lonely and to the least. God, I'm your available servant. God, here I am. God, I want to trust and obey you. And after we sing this hymn, uh, for those who come, I just want to pray over you and bless you in Jesus' name, and then I want to give the benediction. So if God is calling, you know, I invite you to come and just present yourself uh, to the Lord up here, and I think it'll be something that you'll never, you know, you'll never forget. It will be. It can be a, a real beginning for you. And I believe God will meet you here. Because it takes a, a little bit of a step of faith to do something like that. God, we just thank you for the call that you've placed on all of our lives to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptize and to teach whatever you've commanded. And God, we remember that you're with us even to the very end of the age. And I pray... For Dennis and Karen here today, Lord, I just thank you for just pulling them here to the front, Lord, just to rededicate, recommit their lives to you and to your mission in this world. And God, we, we all want to do that, Lord. We want to leave here with a, a new excitement for you, a new energy that comes from the very power and presence of yourself, the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we can be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world, even Nicaragua. And God, we just pray for Paul and Mickey. Lord, we just thank you for their commitment to you. Lord, and uh we thank you for the different pockets of people that you have us interact with every day, Lord. Help us to be conscious of the mission and the call that you placed on our lives. And Lord, help us to get up every morning and just say yes. <laughs> Yes, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. In your name, Lord. And now, uh, just go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe whatever Jesus has commanded. And remember, He is with you. Jesus said, I am with you always, even at the very end of the age. Amen? Amen. Amen.